So here we are, number two podcast at the Rock Church in Amesbury, Massachusetts, with incredible people that are going to tell their story. So, Lindsay, introduce your guest. So we, today we have Amy Joe. I just met her formally two days ago, but she is super yeah. rad from what I've gathered. I've heard wonderful things. Can't wait to hear her story. Instant Soul Sisters, though, so I don't know it yet, but I'm excited. <laughs> oh, very cool. Welcome. I think it was actually three days ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So very Give cool. Three days ago. So three days ago. Amy. Yeah. Amy. Amy Joe. Amy Joe. So Amy Joe Manjo. Amy Joe. Oh my gosh, Amy. I'm gonna ask you. So you're how old? I am 43. You're. <clears throat> Dang. 43 and a half, technically. <laughs> 43. Good for you. Yeah. So you've had 43 years of life. Of life. Yep. Good, bad, great, ugly. Really. So 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 I I, I want to hear about the good and and if you want to share the struggles that would be cool also. All right. Here's my I guess okay, yeah. We'll start with my good. I I grew up in Hamden, Maine. Not Camden, but H Hamden. Really? No, where's Hamden, yeah. Maine? It's just below Bangor. Um 10 minutes. So, up there. It's pretty sheltered. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, yeah. um, my wife and I were going to move to Maine. Oh. Because we were super skiers, and that was our thing. Never did. So, Maine is a cool state. Maine is a great state. So, I worked for a politician that owned American Ski Company. He was running for governor, and very cool guy. He owned the Boston Red Sox for a while, and he was very oh. cool guy. But he totally failed as a politician because there was this place called Northern Maine that only speaks French and yes. thought he was from another world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, Maine is a really large state. Yes, it is. Um, a really large state. But it was fun up there. And we did have running water in case anybody <laughs> wanted to know. So we could flush our toilets and <laughs> do the dishes without problems. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I've just I've grown up being so. I think one of the greatest things about my life for me is yes. that I'm so very close knit with my family. Wow, awesome. I have an older brother, my mom and dad. I had all my grandparents until I was 36, I think. Wow. I grew up in a small town my friends were their parents were my parents friends sure. like it was just grandparents went to my high school my parents went to my high school my brother and I like it was really loving really yeah. really close-knit really and I got decent grades um I played a lot of sports I was a really great athlete awesome um I went to college on a full scholarship for basketball so that was really great. Wow. Just had some really great moments. I have a 14-year-old son. That's really great. What's his name? <laughs> his name's Owen. Owen. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. I'll have to meet him. Yeah. He's a love. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah. He's not too sure yet about Jesus' miracles, though. That's he okay. believes in God. He's just, you're really sure that he did those things, Mom? Yeah, really, huh? Yep. But at least we're talking about it. Wow. <laughs> because we weren't raised... I mean, we were raised as Christian. My my grandparents went to church. My my aunt and uncles did, and we 
we were like the holiday family. <laughs> you know, we went for Christmas sure, or, sure, sure. or we went for Easter. We always believed in God. Yeah. And I do believe God was with me. I actually asked the Lord into my life when I was 12 years old with my aunt. Wow. She started a Bible study with a, me oh and a couple gosh. of my friends. Wait, yeah, she, I, your aunt started a Bible for 12-year-old girls? Well, she asked me if any of my friends would be interested. Oh, cool. that's that's cool. And so I think that, I think there were three of us oh that went Jessica Sturdy and myself. Nice. Wow. I remember what I'm wearing. I remember what I was wearing. Even at isn't her that house. amazing? And yeah, before we left the study, I don't quite remember what we were what we were learning about. But before we left, she said, "You know, if you want to ask Jesus into your heart, I'll help you." And I said, "Yeah." I didn't really know. Anything. (laughs) You know, I didn't know you could have a relationship. I didn't know, but I believed in God. And so I thought, why not? You know? Sure. Now, (laughs) (laughs) you know, almost 31 years later, 32 years later, I look back, I can look back on my life and think, you know, he, all these wonderful things that happened, like that was him. Yeah. That was him. Yes. Awesome. You know, taking care. Wow. Wow. So, So that was good. Really? Yeah. So that can happen in Maine. How is that possible? It sure can. <laughs> it sure can. I mean, even even up north of Bangor. I mean, that's yeah. that's no man's land up there. It but is so no man's it's, land. It's God's land, though, I guess, huh? It sure is. It sure is. Yeah, I've had a great. I was married for a while. That's and that's probably where my biggest struggle started. Sure. I wasn't married for a while. I was married for long time actually i was with my ex-husband for 17 years or more and that was sort of like my divorce was kind of my rock bottom to this day it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me yeah you know can you share anything about that yeah what do you want to know (laughs) how recent was it six years ago 2017 so this year actually august would have been our 20-year anniversary Um, and we were together a couple years before that. We met in college. He played hockey in college. And I thought, I mean, I said, I do because I thought it was going to be forever. That's really what I thought. I started to lose myself a little bit, I guess, in, in my marriage because I was the one that was trying to hold it together. Gotcha. Um, a lot of things that came up, you know, just you got to work on things together and you've got to be willing to communicate. And, and, um, I had a partner who would rather sweep under the rug, um, and not communicate at all. Wow. And that became really hard for me. And, and really, uh, we struggled for years. We went to counseling. Go to counseling. We did go to counseling. How how did that work out? Terribly. Yeah. I mean, we went, but he was. Still but he wasn't really an active participant. It was more like he was like, "Tell me what to do, and I'll do it." But there was no. <laughs> He's an accountant. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> um, <laughs> So he's a he's a box checker, yeah, you know. Sure. It's it's very <clears throat> things are very black and white to him. And um, as much as I love things to be black and white, I it's gray. There's a lot of gray areas in life. And I think as we got older, I grew and I adapted a little. We sort of just grew in in different directions a little bit. Not a little bit, a lot. Yeah, a lot. But you know, we didn't. 
I thought for sure that I would just stick it out until whenever. So what finally happened that made you decide? Oh, it sounds kind of silly. No. But, you know, I could I could give you reason upon reason. Like, sure. just example upon example upon example, how I was treated 9th, 10th, 11th in his life. But I ended up going, I believe it was October 2016, I ended up going, coming home from work with what I thought was an ovarian cyst that had ruptured. And I and I came home just in pain. I can yeah. I have a very high pain tolerance, which is not a blessing, by the way. <laughs> and he was supposed to be meeting a friend in Boston for drinks. So I called my friend Beth and asked her to pick my son up because I couldn't get there. It was all I could do to just get home from work. The pain was so terrible. Um, so she came over and she ended up calling Ron my ex-husband, and said, you know, you need to come home. You know, Joe's not doing well. Came home, and he was upset um, that he missed his night out, and he stood over me sort of with his hands on his, and he goes, so what's wrong with you? Well, I am not feeling well. I think this is what it is, whatever. Well, um... He took care of Owen for the night because I couldn't. I ended up going to bed. I got up the next morning. I'm like, we need to go to the hospital. So by the time we got there, they thought one of my ovaries had ruptured, which is very dangerous. But when they got in, they actually realized that my appendix had been leaking into my abdomen for the for the previous, you know, 17 hours or whatnot. And so when I woke up out of surgery, it was not the same doctor <laughs> that had been there. Mind you, I've never been in the, I've never had surgery before. The only reason I've ever been in the hospital is because I gave birth to my child. Um, and the doctor said, I tried to find your husband. He wasn't in the waiting room, so I called and left him a message. And I thought, what? <laughs> what do you mean you left him a message? He said, well, I, I just wanted to tell him, you know, what had happened and what had transpired. I was mortified. I was by myself, by myself, no one else in the hospital, and the one person who was supposed to be there for me and take care of me had left. Um, it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. And when he came back, this is so ridiculous, I asked him where he'd been, and he said he went home to do laundry and poop. <laughs> That's why he'd left me in the hospital. That must have stung. Um, it was a slap in the face. Yeah. And what was worse is that when I actually tried to discuss it with him to let him know how it felt, he he couldn't understand why I was so upset, what the problem was. He was right down the road. We lived. So whether or not, I still don't know whether or not he actually believed that to be true, that it wasn't a big deal, or if he was just kind of deflecting um, so that he didn't have to own own that behavior, which I think was a, a, was a lot of what was going on. But that was it. That was the breaking point for me. I can't, I, I can't live, I couldn't live like that any longer. So, but that was the hardest thing, telling my son that we, you know, we weren't gonna live together anymore and that, um, and even when I told my ex that I wanted a divorce, he fist bumped me and said, well, we had a good run. Oh my gosh, so listen, 
you know, if I was in the middle of a counseling relationship now, I would be like, how do, how do you forgive somebody for that? Jesus. <laughs> what I realize now is he, he, what he said to me is, you know, I didn't think you'd ever leave. And I put a lot of, I put a lot of value on relationships and on the people that I care for and, and the people that I, that I don't even know. After all of this kind of settled a little bit and I ended up going back to counseling, what I realized is that um, I was in, and I'm, I'm still almost in denial over it, that I was in this relationship with being emotionally abused for some years. And I thought, no, gosh, not me. You know, and that opens up a whole other can of worms. Because, oh, yes. you know, how, how am I that person that allowed that to happen to myself? Because if it was any of my friends, I, w- I would try to support them through that and and step and I just had these blinders on protecting him because what would everyone else think of me sure for choosing that person that treats me that way really um, so it wasn't necessarily then about how he was treating me it was about how people would view me and my humanness it's a big struggle as a single mom I struggled a lot with trying to keep the perfect picture of yeah. a family special it's not even as a single mom but as a mom you want everything to be perfect yeah. and it's really hard to let go of that and I one of my breaking points my dad's wife told me you don't need to be perfect like why are you trying so hard it is going to be okay to not have the picture perfect because what you have is wonderful you know what I mean? To let go of that, but it's very difficult. So that must have been very eye-opening for you. It was, and I'll, I'll tell you, that was only a year ago that that happened. Yes. That I that I may had that realization. That's awesome. But I had it, and what I'm thankful for is that I I was already a part of this church when I had that conversation with my counselor. Oh my gosh. Um, so I had a community. I have a relationship with Jesus. Um, I had something more to lean on then, and and you know what I've realized through through the last few years is that I think I wrote this down in something I posted the other day. Like Jesus doesn't take away your sadness. He doesn't take away you know this stress always. He doesn't he doesn't take those from you and things are magically better. But he gives you a place to go, and he gives you a place to unload. He gives you a place to lay those things down. Give over to someone else. It, yeah. You know, it doesn't mean the sadness goes away, but he's going to hold you through that sadness and he's going to cry with you. Yes. You know, just like, I mean, he cried tears of, of sadness and, and wept for Lazarus. Yes. He does the same thing for us. And there's comfort for me there's there's so much comfort in that and I might have to really talk myself back into those things sometimes yes. um, but when I get there it's relief yes. it's relief well I think I mean I, I've found that there is the Lord gives gifts to people to pray and gifts of healing gifts of peace gifts of prophetic it's, and he does that out of love that when I've prayed peace over people that really need peace, that beyond the peace that passes all understanding, 
just comes and surrounds them. I've been that place. You know, yeah. people have prayed for me. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I've never been here before. Where am I? <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, really. Even in the midst of turmoil, which is really cool. That's what I've experienced is mm. through the turmoil, you can experience peace. Yeah. yeah. And God uses those emotional times, that devastation to grow you. His strongest soldiers have to go through some unfortunate events, but when you have him with you, it makes life a lot easier mm. and meaningful. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, for yes, sure. <laughs> you know, when I was uh, going to go back to this just a little bit, but when I yes. was 12, you know, I asked I asked God into my heart, but I never really um, had a relationship with him until yeah, really. until I got divorced. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. That God would let that happen. Mm. But not only I think let it happen, but said brought goodness out of it. Yes. Yeah. Right? Mhm. Because it, when I when I got divorced, what I th- and thought in my head initially was, oh, I can be me. I can. I don't have to hold all this together. I can just do whatever I want. And doing whatever I wanted <laughs> was partying, a lot of partying, a lot of promiscuity, um, going home with men I didn't know because I could. I didn't have this vow anymore. I could do what I wanted. Yeah. I thought that it was filling me. I think it's the same thing that Jake said. You know, we we look for these for these things, these moments of happiness, um, and it's great for that moment. But you know, when you wake up the next morning and you don't even know the last name of the man that was in bed with you, it's shameful. You know, and I was so close with my family, uh, like I had said, growing up and. I just, I pushed them away. I pushed my friends away, I pushed my family away. I didn't want them to see how I was living. I didn't want them to understand what I was going through. I thought everyone was judging me because in their eyes, I had a perfect marriage. No, everybody was shocked when we, when we got divorced because we looked so perfect together, which is, you know, how you can paint it, you can paint it any way you want it. Sure. I mean, my experience is, you know, even with the Lord filling me, living in me, incredible love, you know, I, I have this side of me that's, you know, the flesh wars against the spirit. Oh, yeah. And it's like, he says, Brian, you want to do that? You have permission to do that, but you're not going to like what happens afterward. Right. So. Right. Everything has a, a consequence of some yes, sort. Yes. But it took me a few years um, to get through all that. And I think, you know, pushing my, my family away. Oh, my gosh. Um, my mother is my best friend in the whole world. And I went from talking to her every day to avoiding talking to her. Was that during your marriage or after? Um, I avoided talking to her after after the divorce. It was, and it was hard. I went to counseling and I hated it. I don't like being... Placated, I guess. So the counseling was what kind of counseling? Did, did it was just personal counseling okay. to sort of. This was, you know, post divorce and sure. just trying to like through things. And yeah, Christian person. No. Yeah. No, um, I wasn't there yet. <laughs> I wasn't there yet. Okay. I think the 
uh, I was so unfulfilled with this counseling. I mean, it was just, yeah. how did that make you feel? Oh, my gosh. And I can't stand that crap. Yeah. I, I really can't. <laughs> Same. Like, let's be productive here. Like, what did I... Yeah. I can say that to myself. I know. It, <laughs> just, so I saw her for, I don't even know, a few weeks or something, and then I, and then I cut that out. And my, my aunt had uh, mentioned something about finding a church and I just so happened to get you know my my grandma's um, Bible and had my own Bible so I started looking for churches and I started reading the Bible and I looked up how to read the Bible how to start I started doing you know writing some scripture and good oh my gosh jumped a few places and and all of this while just feeling so lonely, so alone and so empty and so, I was in search of something, crying. I cried every single night of my life, yes. every night. And the, my best friend who I was avoiding talking to, my mother, I, go, I wasn't even, I didn't have an outlet really. And, and the outlet that I did have supported my worldly views on things. Um, so one night and I, I preface this every single time I say this to people I preface with you're gonna think I'm crazy no, <laughs> no. I know really I know really I know um, I think a couple of you know this already but uh, you know one night I was just praying and I was I was just devastated I was crying you know help me like help me figure out what to do you know, Lord, I I cannot do this on my own. I don't know where I'm going. Like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. On and on and on and on and on. And in the midst of my prayer, I got a vision of um, Jesus's hands kind of cupped like he was holding water or the Lord's. And I'm kneeling in his hands and there's a bubble around me. And I hear this voice that says, you will not be hurt. And my eyes slam open because I'm thinking, what the... What? what just happened? And I'm, I start laughing. I'm crying and I'm laughing yes, and I'm yes. like, oh my gosh. I felt, you know, that sense of immediate peace that you were yes, talking about. Exactly. That, that was what it was. And I knew without a doubt that it was God. Yes. Without a doubt in my mind. And the next morning, after, after this time counseling, after this time talking with all my friends, you know, few, several years of this actually, um, I identified my guilt around my divorce and that it was sort of a self-imposed thing. The shamefulness I felt, the loss that I felt, and that um, I needed to tell my parents all of this. And so within a day, we were, we were talking to each other on the computer and I'm telling them this story and my dad is sobbing and my mom is crying and I'm crying and I'm telling them, you're gonna think I'm crazy. Um, and my dad, who wasn't really much of a believer, even said, I don't think that at all. Um, so that was really the turning point of so many things for me. Oh, my God. Because I'd been looking and looking and looking. Jesus saved my relationship with my parents. Yes. And turned me back around. Amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. What a big day. Yeah. Now, where are we timeline-wise? Was that recent? Was that... Oh, that was oh, three years ago, maybe. Oh, good for you. Yeah. 
That's rad. Yeah. And the funny thing is, too, when I was looking for churches, I didn't really mesh with a few that I was with. Um, I was actually looking for, um, online during the pandemic, I was looking for a rock church in Bangor, Maine, because my cousin was supposed to be singing there. And he said, cuz, check this out. I'm going to be singing. So I typed it in, rock church. I didn't even look. I clicked on it. It was rock church, Plastow. And Pastor Beth was was doing the sermon. So I just started watching, and that was it. I kept watching and watching and watching, and I said, I, I need to go there. And I came the very first day this, this building opened, and that was it. God said, here you go. He planted me, right? This church is funny like that, huh? This church is funny like that. Charlie is super involved. You know, I always was, I not always, I was never a Sunday morning kind of girl. And then Pastor Jake, the first time I heard him preach, he's talking about tithing. And I emptied my wallet because it clicked. For the first time, I'd grown up in church and it clicked for me. And yeah. I'm like, okay, done. Here I am yeah. with everyone else who's been gathered here, right? And it just, we're meant to be here for some purpose. And mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what that is. I think it's going to be amazing. It will so be. Where do, you, where do you think you're going? Where do you think? Where do you see yourself going? So I think the Lord planted me here so that I would have a little um, troop behind me. <laughs> I have been called to pastoral ministry, which I denied for a year and a half. No, not me. Like, who am I? I'm just like this baby Christian, and I don't know anything. And... And again, I had that feeling of peace again when I submitted to this call. I said, fine, Lord, I, I give in, and it was immediate. Any anxiety I felt, any worry I felt about what I was going to become just completely went away. So I had this, I, I mean, I was transformed. Um, where I was transformed was in this dream vision in Charlie's mother's house. We were working together, remember this, on, on his mother's house bedroom I had uh, an Uber for it, and we've been working together for a while, but I had, I'm dreaming, and it's more than a dream, it's a dream vision. I'm in his mother's bedroom, and I hear this voice in, in the next room, and I'm tool belt on tools. I walk into the other room, so as soon as I walk through the dream, the door, I look down, and I have two female breasts. And there's this huge figure standing over in the corner with a piece of paper in his hand. Walks over to me and has, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm saying, oh, no, this can't be. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks over, he hands me the piece of paper. This was real. It was my birth certificate. And at the bottom, where it said male, was crossed off and female was written down. And I'm like, I'm in shock. Oh, my God, what? What anything worse could happen to me than this? And he spoke to me and said, <clears throat> whether I've made you male or female, I've called you to the same mission. And Ooh. I was in shock. I woke up and I'm there. Now I'm having all these memories of how I was raised, how macho, how I poor, poor, not God view of women, my wife. I, I, I had the memory of my father driving in the New Jersey Turnpike coming up to a toll booth and backing out of the toll booth because there was a woman collecting tolls. Oh, wow. Ooh. And seeing my whole life is, oh my gosh, I need to be transformed, Lord. So, amazing. So when you say mm. that it's 
very cool. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. It'll be a little bit of a journey. Yeah. So where do you start with that? Um, I've already started the process a little. I actually um, had the pleasure of of speaking um, last fall. Nice. And that was really fun. That and I actually talked about <laughs> spoke about testimonies, <laughs> which is something I believe a, a lot more people have to hear. That's exactly. And I think a lot, a lot of what's on my heart, I guess, in terms of you know sharing Jesus's message is to bring the gospel back, to bring the Bible back, um, to bring those lessons, to bring those commandments, to bring that truth back, but in a way that applies to people and how they're living right now. I think a lot of people are scared of the Bible. I think people are scared that they're going to have to change everything about their life in order to follow Jesus. You know, they hear about the disciples giving everything up and they don't want to do that. And I think just kind of preaching this word around, you don't have to worry. All you have to do is say yes. God's going to take you where he needs you to be. You just have to say yes. Yes. Cool. So there is there is yeah. this other piece for me for you thinking about you, and you know you've been given incredible gifts. And it doesn't make any difference that you're female or male or or whoever you are. Mm-hmm. That God loves you and has blessed you with this incredible heart and ministry. Yeah, and that you can flood people with peace. Peace. I hope so. Pretty amazing. Do you feel a certain niche of where you want to go pastorally? Is that a word? Pastorally? Mm. It is now. It is now. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel a certain calling towards children, youth group, adults, females, males? Like, is there some, whose lives do you feel called towards? So, helper by nature. I'm a behavior analyst. I work with children with special needs and challenging behaviors. Wait, can we yeah. pause there? I did want to go back. Joelle Coleman, who has a um, podcast with Brian, yeah. she told her years ago that she should be a pastor. Here she is in the hot seat. Yeah. Yep. How cool is that? Right? Worlds collided. Very I know the cool. strange thing about that is that we weren't we weren't even I mean, she she had an office right next to me. And but we weren't friends. We were co-workers who were nice to one another and appreciated each other. Um, and she, when she was leaving, I went in to you know, wish her well. And um, she, when she was asking what I was doing, I said, I, I don't know. I think you know, this or that. And she said, have you ever thought about being a pastor? <laughs> Going into, I'm like, what? It was immediate goosebumps. And, and I asked her so the other strange. day, three days ago, when we met three days ago, not two, I said, do you know Joelle? And she was like, oh my gosh, and told me that. And I was, we're all connected here for a divine purpose. Really? And this is super, super rad. It's epic. Yeah, really? It is epic. It is epic. I have a lot of different, um, there's so many things that really could be worked on in the world. And as a helper, it's like, I just, you want to fix it all, right? You want to do it all. Um, One of the things that I've really seen crop up, and this could be controversial, is the whole gender identity issue. Isn't Um, it funny that Brian touched on that? Yeah, because I see it affect a lot of the students, some of the students that I work with. 
And I, I think back even to my own childhood where I was such a tomboy. My brother's Converse and his corduroy jeans and his Celtics t-shirts. And I just wanted to be playing with the boys and doing, you know, they did cool stuff. Their stuff was more fun than girl stuff to me anyway. I don't, that's, I guess that's what I'd, for, not to get into it too, too much. No, but that's, no, I mean, that's I something that's been really more, been on my heart. more time with clients talking about that issue. Yeah, and, and I think it's as much of an adult issue as it is a child issue. And it's, it's a lot. That could be a whole podcast in itself, to be honest. Very much so, yes. But here's the thing. I've been talking to Pastor Jake about getting an awesome youth group going here, and I, I don't know. I'm seeing the connection. Oh, boy. Because I feel like teenagers would love your whole getup, your whole vibe, and that you own. <laughs> Look at her. She's a rock star. I mean, seriously, if I was a kid, I'd be like, I want to hang out with Amy Joe. I want to hear and listen and learn from this woman. Sure. Incredible, right? Like, that's... Guys, our future youth oh. pastor. Call Pastor Jake. So I leave a proposal for you. <laughs> My wife and I had youth groups. They're totally, totally amazing. You know, mm. The church wouldn't have anything to do with our youth group because they were weird. A lot of gender identity issues, gay. Swept under the rug for the, all those kids. So, I mean, it was hard. Not hard, but, you know, Sharon, I, I couldn't take it. We'd meet every Friday night when my kids were in high school. And, and I mean, it started out, we'd start at 7, close at 10. 10 o'clock, I would be burned out. I said, oh, my gosh, I can't deal with this. My wife, who was, like, on fire in love with these kids, uh, would go, ended up started going 2, 3 in the morning. And I would go to the Chinese restaurant and have a beer, and I'm like, I hope it's over when I get home. <laughs> but all of them, all of them are still in love with, they're on my Facebook page, and a lot of them go these incredible transformations in their life. Mm -hmm. Pastors, pastors' wives, to me, totally amazing. It shouldn't have been, but it was cool. It's really incredible. I mean, really, our kids need love. Oh, my gosh, yes. And they need, they need Jesus' love. Exactly and if they right. can't get it directly from him, they should be able to get it from us. Exactly right. Or through us, you know. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> We're like exactly. the conduit. <laughs> yes. No, you are exactly right. That, that takes it to them. And I think if we can show these kids that... We love them exactly the way they are. Yeah, sure. You know, God didn't God didn't make mistakes yeah, no. with them. He. Um, it's just a surface issue. It's it's he has well, a it, deeper desire for yeah. their lives. And this issue is perpetuated by adults. Yes, exactly. And it's perpetuated by school systems. And, yes, and yes, so yes, I could go yes, on and on, yes, but I'm not fact, go, I'm not yeah. going to do that for you. <laughs> Yeah. No, that, that, yeah, that's a whole new podcast. Yeah, I think, you know, working in the schools for yeah. 20 years. Oh, has, my gosh. Yeah, really. I just want to help people find God. Exactly that's what I want. Right. Exactly yeah. right. And sometimes people are like, 
no, I can't know God. Yeah. I've got mm-hmm. too much bad stuff in my background. I can't know him. He doesn't want to know me. Yeah. And, yeah. Or I'm Muslim or I'm Buddhist. Yeah. And, yeah. But I have this hurt and pain in my life, and I need peace. Yeah. Can mm. you, you know, lay hands on them? Peace. Yeah. Come. Yeah. yeah. It's, Why? It, what happened? It's, it, it's all, uh, to me, it all resolves around an identity crisis. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're going through. Yeah. You know, we've all felt it. We've all been on the outside edge. I, I quoted this thing, you know, uh, in one of my podcasts about driving in and out of Boston. This one guy, he was in the wrong lane. And everybody had time to stop, slow down, give him the finger, swear at him, call him stupid. But nobody had two seconds to just go, go ahead, get in. We all... We all need that. Yeah. We all want. To, we all want to fit in. Nobody yeah. wants to be the outcast. Yes. And like you were saying, our identity is in, is in Christ. You know, we all want to fit in to His family, and that's what a believer is: is mm-hmm. fitting in to. You know, we want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we 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 want to love like God. We want to do like God. Is it? But our, our, this generation is, like I said, it's going south with that. And even at, at my age as a believer, I want to fit in to God's kingdom. That's my, <laughs> that's my hope and glory right there. And you know, and yeah. by doing, I, I won't, I'll never be able to do good enough or be good enough to do that. But if I just keep focused on Him, yeah, you're right, and His ways, yes. and study His Word. And have a relationship with him. Yes, I'll know. You know, like I say, he'll, he'll speak to me and give me direction towards that. So you know, the the, the the God is working beyond what you could ever even possibly think or imagine. Mm. I know, isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, it, mm. it is because you can't think. No, you can't it's even mind blowing. Yeah. How incredible! Yeah. How incredible! It's my boy. It's funny. I used to work with this guy, and uh, he knew I was a believer. And uh, ironically, Ryan from the church worked for that company now. So it's and and even that that I haven't worked for that company in probably fifteen years, twenty years, and now Ryan from the church works for that company. And uh, so I told him, I says, I put the seeds in, it's your turn to water. <laughs> you know, that's your, your half. Yeah. yeah cool. it, uh, but anyways, we, um, I worked with this one guy, Sean Ford, great guy, ex-marine, tough as na- yeah, one of those tough as nails, spider web, tattoos, you know, justice scale, tattooed his whole back and you know usmc tattooed under his lip kind of guy guy. and uh so we'd work together and he'd go he'd say something oh jesus christ oh and and then after he'd go sorry robinson sorry robinson kept saying that so after a while i was like you know something ford you're gonna call him and he's gonna show up one of these times You, you might not be happy, and he would just lie. Out. But uh, and then you would quote like, "It's like how you're one of those Christian guys. How come you're not always qu- quoting scripture and stuff to me?" And I says, "Ford, do you speak Japanese?" And he's like, "No." I says, "I wouldn't speak Japanese to you either. You're not ready, man. You're just not ready." <laughs> he would just look at me, but he, it always kept him baited into. You know, it's like, what's up with this guy? There's, you know, he's not, 
he's not beating me over the head with this Jesus stuff, you know. Yeah. And, well, and uh, I think that's where where we you know where it needs to come from. It's a representation of lifestyle and, and re- letting people know that we're not perfect. Yeah. We're Sometimes, like I mean, a lot of times, I mean, there. My experience is eighty-five percent of people in the population. The statistics need emotional help. They need mm-hmm. they need the stress out of their lives. They don't know where it comes from. They don't know what it is. They know mm-hmm. they're in pain. They have health issues. Yeah. And once you say, "I have the ability to lay my hands on you and pray for you," your stress will be dealt with. You don't have to say Jesus, but when it is dealt with or when they're healed, yeah. they say, how did that happen? Yeah. So, really? I, a lot. I mean, I can tell hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories. Yeah. I, but, wanted, I wanted to touch on it uh, when Amy Jo said she spoke at church and told her testimony. Her first service was her testimony. <laughs> I, you know, in yeah. which is... It's the testimony is just so powerful. Just um, the way course. our lives yes. are, are so powerful. It's su- such a representation of you know that we aren't perfect. But um, with that, it brings people closer when you're honest with them about your own life. Exactly right. You know, and you they feel like they know you, and there's a trust there that that they exactly. can share also. There's, a, there's only one way you can be transparent about your life. Only one way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's through the Lord. I mean, there, there's no way you can have insight yeah. the way you have yeah. or deal with the emotions or and be able to share them without being on the floor in a puddle. Mm-hmm. That, that is the Lord. I mean, transparent people and that, so these... This is being transparent. It's people are going to like, mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the things that I said to you when I stood up to talk. <laughs> Who I am, that's part of your testimony, right? You, you talk about where you were, then your interaction with God, and then what yes. happens after right yes. so almost like your conversion kind of and yeah, sure. and when i talk about where i am now it is my you know jake said he never in a million years would have wanted to be a pastor and i have always said it, it could list out a hundred different jobs and pastor wouldn't even be close yes sure i know this is god i know this is jesus i know this is the spirit because Yes. I did not choose this on my own. Yes, good for you. Right? And, and Jacob was saying, um, gosh, it's going to escape me now. Something, he gave a verse from Psalm, Psalms on um, Sunday, around seeking God and, and your will. Really, weren't you there? <laughs> I wasn't there last Sunday. Oh, you weren't? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rhodes. Um, it basically, I don't go to church every Sunday. <laughs> basically, he's gonna he's gonna um, give you your will, you know. And and if you read that, a lot of people will just read it for what it is, you know. Oh, that if I ask God, if I follow Him, if I believe in Him, He's gonna give me what I want. But if you ask for the wisdom in those words, oh my gosh, you know, Jesus is going to change your heart. God is gonna change your heart. And make his will your will. Yes. 
And you know, I smile. I was smiling so big because I had that realization kind of separately on my own. And when Jacob was saying the same thing on Sunday, I was like, just these smiles because I've experienced that. Yes. Yeah. I've experienced that. This isn't my will. Yeah. You know, standing up in front of church and and going through this process. That's not my will. Mm -mm. And if you ask anybody in my family, any of my friends, anybody that knew me, you know, my basketball teammates from college, they're like, you're what? Yeah. You're doing what? I know. I know. I I don't have an explanation for it other than God. So you can, like, take it for what it is. (laughs) I had, you know, my 50th birthday, an old friend from Wang. I was in organizational development and executive development. Anyway, called me from Apple. He was the president of... North American Apple from where he'd come out and interview for our VP job at, at Apple. So I said, oh my gosh, temptation, you know, I need money. So I flew out, sat down with him, and offered me this great job. So Ian, I said, sorry, I'm starting a church. He said, what? <laughs> so I thought I was totally incredible. I'm really pleased that uh, yeah. a part of it. I think Lizette knows, like, we're always willing to give our our testimonies because yeah. even if it changes, one, one, only one person has yes, to listen well, to this. Yeah. You know, it, that's it. One out of how many? Yeah. Really. So, you know, people call me, and these, these are non-believers, just people say, Brian, oh my gosh, who was that person? That was pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. And they listen for 40 and 50 minutes at a time. Yeah. Even if they're not in their car. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. So, lifestyle. Yeah. Everybody's just, I've always said, you could put a HUD, you know, you could put a HUD cover book around anybody's life. It would probably be be something interesting in there. See, it's so amazing to me. That's so amazing to me that the Lord is ready bring his life burst yeah. up into their life and yeah. that that he's given us the power and the heart to call that out yeah mm. gifts yeah. testimony whatever. Yeah. yeah totally amazing I, to me i wanted to share one other thing you know it's i, I when i say things i'm usually laughing and smiling but i know it was the it's the lord and and it's funny because I keep telling Amy Joe that you know Joyce Myers is eighty now. She needs, <laughs> she needs some relief. <laughs> but I, I do. I, I just I, I see her touching wow, multiple, multiple. Yeah, I don't prophesy very often, but I just see her just touching multitudes of people. Yeah, you know, which is uh, it's going to be awesome yeah. to watch, and. And I just wanted to share. It's not going to be easy. I know you're going through some stuff right now that you shared with us. And uh, the Lord said to me years ago, because I was in that same trap, it's like, I got to get up. I got to make money. I got to, I need, I need, I need. And he said to me one time, he's like, Charlie, there's things we were, we get paid for and things we are made for. Mm. So you're going to, it might be, and we always have to remember that in our financial struggles when we're doing the right thing. Yes. And uh, it's yes. funny, Gina would tell me, is this a paying job? Well, she doesn't have much money, honey. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like we, we, we have to eat, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, have, well, the Lord's, I guess, going to have to provide yeah. somewhere, somehow. And he, and he always has, so... 
I think that in the midst of everything, I've got some craziness going on in my life right now. Yeah. Um, but I think in the midst of all of this, like this in and of itself is quite a blessing. This would be really from sure. Like to be able to be able to to tell my story um, and have it yes, maybe exactly. out on Spotify and have I don't even know someone from Canada or I don't know <laughs> like all, listen all to it world. like all if, over the if world. during this struggle that I'm in right now I can even touch one light life mm. um, with your help that I mean that's it's totally it's joy totally yeah. amazing so yeah. I was telling Charlie you know like. It's probably one, two, three, four years ago that I said, I'm, I've got to start doing a podcast. And I had it all lined up. I told people, this is what I'm doing, my friends. I said, oh my gosh, yes, I can't wait. And then Sharon, my wife got really sick and it's like, and so now it's even better than what it could have been. So, I mean, I really appreciate what you shared. Not more, and that's not a right word. It's kind of like, <laughs> No, I rejoice in it. It's like your life is so really cool and loving and and whatever. (laughs) It is kind of cool. And and I think it's cool, you know, listening to Jake, um, you know, Lizette will share and stuff. And all of us have such different lives. Oh, my gosh. And all of us are touched by God at a different point. But we... We all belong to him, you know? It doesn't make any difference. I mean, what I've discovered is I don't care how much sin is in your life. If God has touched you, you are going to be amazing, amazing. I mean, I I used to be in a place of, oh, my gosh, this the person, look at what this person is doing. There's no way God can ever use him. Well, he's already the ear. He... He only used people. <laughs> he just like, yeah. that's, that's the whole. Pharisees says, "Why are you hanging out with sinners and robbers and thieves and prostitutes?" And yeah. I said, hey, I love these people. They yeah. love me. Yeah. Right. So, right. And, uh, yeah. Well, back you know, back to the identity crisis. You know, we're never going to fit in. <laughs> you know, because he didn't make us that way. We're a puzzle. He's putting a puzzle together, yeah. and we're all different shapes. In when we come to that realization that I'm just another a friend of mine, he says, Oh, Charlie, we're just all he says, I'm just another bozo on the bus. Yeah. Right. And he, that's what he calls himself. One of the things one of, one, one of just the a piece th- of the puzzle. One of the things that transformed uh, our church and ministry was Lisa and Jerry's wife, ex wife, came into one of our first subgroup meetings and said, You know, the Lord told me he wants us to pray and think about Colossians one twenty seven three one twenty seven B. I thought, what the heck? <laughs> Spent two and a half years, three years teaching about that. Christ in you, my hope and glory. Mm. So it's like I mean, a lot of translations say Christ in me, my hope and glory. But but the real issue is Christ in you. Mm-hmm. Is my hope and glory mm-hmm. not? It affects how I interact with you, yes. how I love you, yes. how when I pray yeah. and talk, I'm talking to the Lord. Oh my gosh! And you, it's yeah. like whoa. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, so yeah, very truly. cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah.